Where are you? Here. No more mutants. With those words spoken by the hex magician Wanda Maximoff, the House of M came to a devastating close. 98% of the mutant population in the 616 universe, once millions, now depowered and teetering on the brink of extinction. Worse, anyone not involved in the final battle between the House of M and superheroes has no idea why. But life goes on for mutant and human and energy alike. What did Emily du Châtelet say? The total energy of an isolated system remains constant. And Sir Isaac Newton? For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Translation? That energy's gotta go somewhere. Fast forward to New Avengers issue number 16, The Collective, part one. It opens with a streak of fire blazing through outer space, racing towards our planet where it crash lands through a post office roof, killing all inside, save for one man who absorbs the full impact of the blast and glows molten hot from head to foot. His hair falls out, he howls in pain, and we're off. Meanwhile in the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier, Maria Hill in her first ever Marvel Comics appearance is on a FaceTime call with Tony Stark, scolding the man for starting a new Avengers team, a team that now sports two S.H.I.E.L.D. agents in Captain America and Spider-Woman. She pivots, asking Tony about the House of M, saying she wants to know what happened, as she has proof that the X-Men's Blackbird and Avengers Quinjet flew to Genosha a week ago, and suddenly, millions of people aren't mutants anymore. Tony quips they only went to Genosha because Spidey had never been there. He ends the call a second later, and a red alert blares on every screen of Hill's office. She rushes out to the sit room to find out what the hell is going on. And what's going on? The entire city of North Pole was hit and has been wiped off the map. An agent jokes that Santa Claus may have been on someone's naughty list. Hill fires the man and orders him off her ship. She finds out they were hit by an uncatalogued surge of energy that came from out of this world, but it is not an attack from any alien races in S.H.I.E.L.D.'s database. She gets on a FaceTime call with a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, Class 5, Sergeant Davis, who tells her his team is following the energy trail. Every member of his team outfitted in Hulkbuster armor. They are not f***ing around. Davis gets a visual of the energy trail, a naked man, glowing orange, racing through the Alaskan wilderness at 200 miles per hour, half running, half flying. The naked man looks back, glaring at Sergeant Davis's team before everyone on S.H.I.E.L.D. Helicarrier 1 watch the screen become white noise. Safe to say, Davis and company are done for. Hill gets Canada on the line next, pulling up a different satellite image. The image? Canada's premier super team, Alpha Flight. That's Sasquatch, Shaman, Guardian, Major Maple Leaf, Vindicator, Puck, and his daughter. Well, Puck, both of them, why not? Look, it's a great name. They're on the scene, Sasquatch shouting at the man of energy as polite as possible, of course, he is Canadian, to turn his naked self around and back away. The feeds on the helicarrier go white noise again, and when next we see Alpha Flight, they're all lying in the snow, dead, eyes open. Hill gets an order from the president next. He says she knows what to do, and she does. She says, Avengers assemble! The Collective, part two. Opens to Highland Park, Detroit, in a dilapidated part of the city where Avengers Captain America, Iron Man, Spider-Woman, Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Luke Cage have just stepped out of a Quinjet. Luke tells the Avengers to spread out, and they all do, each finding people to help. Luke accosts a group of drug dealers and tells them simply, Stop dealing. Stop the hustle, or we will beat the hell from you. A camera crew pulls up beside the heroes, the blonde reporter asking Captain America what they're doing here. Cap tells her to direct all questions to Luke Cage. When she asks what the Avengers are doing in Detroit, the bulletproof man says he got the idea from New York's mayor who implemented impact police work. Simply put, in quote-unquote bad neighborhoods, the mayor dumps a shit ton of police to just stand around under the idea that the police just being around 
gives people a chance to raise their kids and live their lives in peace. After a couple weeks, the mayor moves the pig pen a couple of blocks over and repeats the process, but the crime in the neighborhood stays down. So Luke and the Avengers are going to do the same. They're going to go to the quote-unquote bad neighborhoods in the United States and just stand there. But they aren't only coming for the street criminals. They're going to shine a spotlight on things like the elementary school across the street sitting right next to a crack house. They're going to ask the people in charge how that happens and embarrass them enough to do something about it. And if those in charge don't do something about it, he says he'll be back to knock it down with his bare hands. I just want to chime in and say that this is some great propaganda, but please never forget that increased police presence in quote-unquote bad neighborhoods, which is always polite code for neighborhoods filled with people of color, doesn't necessarily decrease violence. A great article in the New York Times titled Refund the Police? Why It Might Not Reduce Crime, written by Shayla Dewan, highlights the pros and cons of this idea, but two excerpts stand out to me as telling. First, quote, even crime statistics themselves have limitations. They are collected by the police, and the police decide what counts as a crime, said Tamara K. Knopper, a sociologist at Rhode Island College, and the editor of We Do This Till We Free Us, a book on abolitionist organizing by Maryam Kaba, end quote. And, quote, in the end, crime data is always a tool of police propaganda, Dr. Knopper said. If crime is low, the police are doing their jobs. If crime is high, we need to give more money to the police. The police always win, end quote. An example of this, during the New York protests of George Floyd's murder, you know the ones where NYPD opened fire with rubber bullets and tear gas on protesters, almost nightly, news reports showed violent gun deaths in all boroughs and spikes in crime after several years of recorded decreases in crime by these same police forces. Are you saying the media is complicit? I am, but you know, I'm biased against systems of oppression that tend to stomp on my people, literally and figuratively. Back to... Iron Man gets a call in his ear, shouts Avengers Assemble, and the team race to the Quinjet and take off. In the bird, they get a sit rep from Maria Hill. There's a cold white threat heading towards the U.S. ETA to the Canada-American border? 14 minutes. She gives the Avengers the intel they have and shows the energy man's skirmish with Alpha Flight, leaving Wolverine, a fellow Connuck and former Alpha Flight member, visibly shaken. Cap gets focused, telling Hill they'll need a battalion backup and a shield civilian evacuation crew. But Hill says no go. She and the president don't want to put any more non-power personnel in the field until they have a plan of action, and as far as evacuation, they've told local authorities, but it's too late. The energy man is already there. When Spider-Woman asks, there where? The camera shifts to Cleveland, Ohio, specifically the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that sits on Cleveland Harbor. And in Lake Erie, <laughs> on Lake Erie, we see the man of energy glowing red hot, purple smoke wafting from him towards the sky as he marches towards the harbor on the surface of the lake. He is walking on water. Back in the Quinjet, Iron Man makes a phone call. Carol, this is Iron Man. We need you. And Carol Danvers is on the way. Back in the Quinjet, Wolvie's made a call to the X-Men who aren't picking up. When Spidey asks why, Wolverine tells him that after House of M, the mutants left stopped answering the phone. Meanwhile, Cap tells Commander Hill that he wants Daisy Johnson on scene. When Hill says no, Cap reminds her of the civilians, and Hill replies that she'll get the woman to him. Wolvie says he's going to slice off Daisy Johnson's nose the second he sees her. Cap says he'll do nothing and places a call to Lindy Reynolds, wife of Bob Reynolds, the sentry. But Bob's curled up in a ball on his bed. Say that three times fast. Having a really bad day. Back in the Quinjet, Spidey is stressing, thinking that this may be too big a fight for him to handle, even with his new Iron Spider suit. But Iron Man tells Spidey he's not going to fight. He's going to the Shield Helicarrier, and he's going to use that genius-level brain that he abuses by not using to figure out a way to shut down the Man of Energy without civilian casualties 
before leaping from the Quinjet. Cap, still on the phone with Bob, tells the man he doesn't care what the void in his head is telling him. The Avengers need him and orders the schizophrenic to get up. Meanwhile, Iron Man's made contact with the man of energy, and for the first time since being struck by the energy, the man stops. Iron Man talks to him, finds out the man's name Michael, and asks if his name is Corvac. When the man doesn't answer, Iron Man asks where he's going and why he's hurting people. But just as Michael raises a hand, seemingly at peace and about to answer, Miss Marvel flies in and crashes into his stomach, fist first, lifting Michael into the air with a loud and violent boom. Iron Man shouts, no, but it's too late. In the sky now, Miss Marvel tells Michael that it sucks to be him because she can absorb all types of energy and she doesn't think Peppy's got what it takes before Michael erupts above the harbor, sending Iron Man, the Quinjet, and Miss Marvel hurtling away from the blast. Of course, Cap shouts, seatbelts, inside the Quinjet. And outside, Miss Marvel crashes into the Cleveland Memorial Shoreway. Absorb Michael's energy? That's an understatement. Her entire usually pale-skinned frame is as red as Jean Grey's hair, and her entire body's encased in fire and red, crackling energy. She stares down at her hands and realizes she may have been off a bit more than she can chew with a simple, uh-oh, The Collective, part three. Opens to a one Daisy Johnson who's sitting on a bench in Central Park reading a book. When a man jogs past and stops to try and kick game, she causes a small earthquake making the man and all the passers-by stumble before she's approached by Sharon Carter and a gaggle of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents who tell her she's got to come back in. But Daisy, a Nick Fury loyalist, refuses because Nick Fury has been on the run since the Secret War until Sharon Carter tells her Captain America himself acts for her. We shift to Avengers Tower where the Vision and Young Avengers team, that's Hulkling, that's Kate Bishop Hawkeye, that's Wiccan, that's Patriot, are sitting down to lunch as Avengers butler Jarvis serves them when an Iron Man hologram pops up from who knows where at the head of the table. Iron Man tells Vision they need him. When Hulkling asks what the Young Avengers can do, Iron Man says nothing. It's too dangerous that if he sees any Young Avenger, they'll be arrested and have their parents called. In a moment, Vision shifted to intangible and flown through the roof saying he's on his way. Meanwhile in Cleveland, a scene of chaos. Michael, the man of energy, has grown to kaiju sizes, prompting Iron Man to tell the other Avengers to run as he puts himself between the people fleeing all around him and the danger. Cap won't hear of it. He and the Avengers exit the Quinjet, sprinting towards the danger as well, barking at Spider-Woman to get Spidey back to Helicarrier 1 so he can work out how to end this. Spidey says he's got to learn how to fly this Quinjet. When Spider-Woman tells him it isn't much harder than flying a helicopter, Spidey says he doesn't have a license. Spider-Woman asks for a helicopter, Spidey replies for a car. <laughs> Mind you, at this point, the guy has been around for more than 40 years in comics and has owned a motorbike for Christ's sakes. But he explains he's had webs since he was 15 and then things like this kept taking up his time. Which I think is a fair point. Like, get my driver's license or stop Dr. Octopus? What do you people want me doing? I get you, Spidey, I get you. Meanwhile, Iron Man's taken to the skies to confront Michael again. He reads an energy spike and has his armor ripped from him by the man of energy. Before Michael can finish him off, Miss Marvel, still sporting her new overpowered look, grabs Tony's hand and gets him out of there. When Tony asks what's happened to her, Marvel replies that this is a tomorrow thing, that once upon a time she had cosmic level powers and one tussle with this guy, she's got him again. So right here is the rebirth of Carol Danvers being a cosmic level hero. The return of Captain Marvel isn't far away in her future. Either way, she flies through the chest of the Man of Energy before he snatches her out of the air and bombards her with cosmic energy. She's encased briefly in hard crystal light 
Then the crystal explodes in a dazzling flash before Michael booms away towards the stratosphere, leaving her suspended in a purple glow. But Michael didn't fly away so much as he was struck square in the chest by the sentry and lifted into friggin' outer space! With the moon in the background, the sentry unloads with the force of a thousand exploding suns, slapping Michael with a vicious <laughs> hand as the two begin a cosmic brawl near the surface of the moon. On Earth, Carol, surrounded by Tony's armor, fights to regain control of herself. Wolverine, one of her best friends, hugs her close and tells her to focus. When she does, she tells the team it was like fighting 50 superpowers at once. Ice, force fields, the works. Cap, holding a piece of Tony's armor, says magnetism. So we know now Michael the Man of Energy is a host to hundreds of superpowers. Meanwhile, Carol says Michael's unlocked her old binary powers before Cap, still holding the piece of Iron Man's armor, speaks a voice command, causing the armor to reassemble. He tells the armor to take him to Tony and flies off, gripping the hand of the thing. Luke Cage asks where the others think the sentry took the fight. Nobody knows, but we see Bob's giving it his all against Michael, still near the moon, before he's shoved into the vacuum of space by an incensed Michael, who enraged rockets back to Earth. And above Earth, in S.H.I.E.L.D. Helicarrier 1, Pete's meeting Maria Hill for the first time, and of course he asks, No I patch? <laughs> He and Iron Man converse through a FaceTime call, Iron Man telling Spidey to get Spider-Woman back on scene so she can pick up the rest of the Avengers. He adds that Carol Danvers went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Michael and survived, so it can be done before letting us know he's prepping his armor for space travel. A S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, Starstruck, says this guy Iron Man lost his armor and is heading right back into it. And Spidey, hero worship on a thousand, says Iron Man is simply the man. Iron Man tells Spidey to use the S.H.I.E.L.D. and Avengers databases to match the energy readings he's uploading from his armor into the Vision, who has just arrived behind the King of Swing. They upload the energy signatures and footage of North Pole Alaska being struck by the energy from space. S.H.I.E.L.D. immediately cross-references the name Michael with a mailman in Alaska. We find out now that Michael's last name is Pointer and he was a mailman. It's always the mailman who snapped first. The plot thickens a moment later when Vision uploads matches of the power signatures Michael Pointer was exhibiting during the skirmishes. And is the list long? Abyss, Angel Dust, Amino Omega, Artie, Beak, Black Tom, Blind Faith, Blob, Boost, Bora, Brass, Chamber, Conquistador, Danielle, Moonstar, El Aguila, Vitali, Flambe, Freak Show, Gloom, Hack, Hannah, Levy, Harpoon, Kiwi Black, Lara the Illusionist, Lightning Rod, Forearm, Long Neck, Magneto, Mary Zero, Agent Zero, that's Maverick, Arrow, Mesmero, Miss Mistress, Monsoon, Murmur, Nightwind, Overrider, Paul Patterson, Fantasia, Polaris, Postman, Preview, Prodigy, Quicksilver, Radiant, Radius, Reaper, Redneck, Richter, and Scanna. God damn! As everyone looks on in shock, oh no! I know what he is. Spider-Woman, back with the Avengers now, asks what Michael is. The final shot of the issue shows Michael Pointer still shooting towards Earth, both arms above his head, a trail of orange and purple emanating from his body. The Collective, part four. Opens to Iron Man, high above the world, ordering Spidey to grab Vision and get off the shield helicarrier. As Spidey realizes that every name on the list of powers Michael Pointer is channeling is a mutant who lost their powers following the fallout from the House of M. Iron Man tells Spidey to zip it, that they can't trust anyone on that ship. When Spidey says no one can hear him because of his new suit, Iron Man tells Spidey that S.H.I.E.L.D. has a Psy, that's PSI unit, who are reading his every thought. Spidey's like, uh-uh, I'm gonna go. But Maria Hill, arms folded, is already asking him, what's House of M? Spidey tells Vision it's time for them to go. Maria Hill says our hero is under arrest. Spidey tries to make a break for it. He hops towards the ceiling. But a blonde-haired S.H.I.E.L.D. agent suggests 
quotation fingers, Spidey should sleep, and our hero does, falling from the ceiling and onto the floor of the shield control room, while other agents shut down the vision. He'll order Spidey's mind probe and the vision's drive stripped for intel on the House of M. An agent tells Hill Cap is going to be pissed. She says it's the bed the Avengers made. Meanwhile, Iron Man's in space letting Cap know he's just lost contact with Spider-Man and the Vision. Cap says he'll have a word with Hill in a minute. Luke Cage asks if Michael Pointer is all of the House of M mutants rolled into one. Iron Man says it seems so. He spots Michael Pointer in space and blocks the man's path to Earth. Miss Marvel screaming for the Ironclad Avenger to get out of there. That Tony can't handle a one-on-one -on -one with Pointer. Iron Man putting himself between the Earth and the danger, says he wasn't ready last time, right before Pointer hits him square in the chest, both fists raised, and is sent hurtling backwards through space, away from Earth. Iron Man talks a bunch of I use tech mumbo jumbo, and says he doesn't know how many more times that will work. The look in Pointer's eyes says not many, as he flies forward again with murder on his mind. Iron Man's a dead man, or he would be, Damn the Sentry didn't come back just at this moment and attack Pointer from behind, crashing the man of energy into an orbiting satellite. The Avengers get into an explanation of Pointer's powers. But tell me, Emily Duchatelet and Sir Isaac Newton weren't locked in. The total energy of an isolated system remains constant. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Remember? Iron Man starts throwing out hypotheses. Pointer's an energy-absorbing mutant. The mutant energy created a collective of energy that didn't have anywhere else to go. A collective! He said the title! He says maybe some of the energy fields were sentient or became sentient when they merged while he and Sentry tag-teamed the collective as Pointer will now be known. Iron Man and the Sentry get overwhelmed by an action unseen by us, but it makes all the Avengers stare into the FaceTime call with shock on their faces. Luke Cage says they should go get him, but they can't right now because they've just reached Shield Helicarrier 1. Meanwhile, Spider-Man is woken up by a nightmare of the original Sinister Six all coming at him at once. He screams himself awake, his mask removed from his face, and finds himself handcuffed, sitting face to face with Maria Hill. Cap, after being denied access by Dum Dum Dugan, despite being a high-level S.H.I.E.L.D. officer, orders the Avengers to assemble. They are gonna try to tear S.H.I.E.L.D. Hunter Carrier 1 apart. But Maria Hill lets Spidey go and gives him his mask back, letting him know they took the information they needed out of his mind while he was unconscious, a moment before Luke Cage punches the door of the interrogation room in. This is a moment before Cap rounds on Hill, telling her he's going to tell the president what she did. Captain America, snitching. But Hill's got big brass ovaries and offers Cap a phone, saying the president's on the line, adding maybe the man can take a moment away from drafting the Superhuman Registration Act. Meanwhile, Iron Man and Sentry are still in space, battling the collective on the friggin' moon. Iron Man asks if any Avengers are available. Vision says he is, that he and the Avengers are headed towards the Quinjet and back into the fight. Iron Man asks Commander Hill what S.H.I.E.L.D. has drawn from their House of M analysis. Hill replies begrudgingly that they're still running it. A moment later, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent tells Iron Man to stop engaging the Collective, that the Entity is adapting too fast. The Collective was walking until they tossed it into the air, then the Collective learned to fly. Which stands to reason, because the Collective didn't fire off any energy blast at all until he was forced to by Miss Marvel. The S.H.I.E.L.D. agent goes on to say they have a better chance talking to the Collective, reasoning with him. Iron Man asks what if the man tries to blow up the White House. The S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, not itching for a fight, asks what if the Collective leads them to Wanda Maximoff. Iron Man pauses, then tackles the Sentry around the waist and shoots around the Earth in an arc, taking the power of 1,000 exploding suns with him. Alone now, the Collective glances around and rockets towards the Earth once more. The Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D. on his ass. 
He crash lands into the earth, leaving a crater in his wake, surrounded by a vast wasteland where genocide occurred at the hands of a mutant known as Cassandra Nova. The Sentry and Iron Man first on scene, Sentry asks where they are. Iron Man says, oh no. Iron Man says, Genosha. And that's where we are. We've got me, we've got you, we've got no further ado. We've got the New Avengers, Volume 1, Number 20, The Collective, Part 5.